0: I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw. And, you know how I always make those interesting comments during the game. Personally, I think you got hosed on that call. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? Do you believe in yet? Well, you know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast a talk show
1: host. this is in the booth talk show host that's good <laughs> i think i'd be good at that i talk to people all the time with matt park Roll well, as we continue on a monday good to have you with us in the booth on espn radio hello again to everybody in utica week two hopefully we didn't scare you off too badly last week good to have everybody along for the ride Show brought to you by the Marriott Syracuse downtown on another glorious day. And uh, certainly when things are going well on the weekends, as they have been for Syracuse football of late, everybody feels better about proceedings and what's going down. And obviously the challenge of the season this week, nobody in the country really, there's going to be very few games. Unless you, if you don't go to Alabama uh, on your schedule this year, there aren't too many games tougher than going to Clemson and trying to pull out a win. Yes, it's a day game. Scooter just had a good call uh, with the guys about, how that might be more in the uh, offing you know if you're going to sneak up on them yes there's been some recent history of them having closer games when they didn't have the benefit of the 7 and 8 p.m. kickoffs and all of that But uh, this one is a tall order. Uh, I know Seth and Steve laid out the uh, line. The line is significant for a reason. Clemson's very good. Clemson won last year. The Orange are not going to sneak up on them. A matchup of 4-0 teams, though, and things certainly headed in the right direction as the Orange come off another thorough beatdown, as expected, of Connecticut. As I've said, for me, the whole season hinges on the three games after this Clemson game, the road trip to Pittsburgh and then home games against uh, North Carolina and North Carolina State with a bye week just prior to those as well. So uh, all kinds of good stuff, and we'll get into Syracuse football certainly in the next segment. You can call us at any time at 315-437-7644, 315-4ESPN44 if you'd like to uh, chime in. But so much happened yesterday. What a television day it was, crazy day in the NFL and Tiger Woods getting in the win column for the first time in five years. Uh, you could see it coming; these uh, comebacks. It's the first of his many mounted uh, comeback attempts that didn't get short-circuited by yet another injury. And he had been playing better and better. He'd been playing well and coming up just short. And dominated this weekend. He was absolutely rock solid. Uh, drove it in the fairway. Put it on the green close. In fact. One of the commentators yesterday talked about how well he had done in getting himself reasonable putts. And then after the round, he talked about he felt like he didn't give himself enough uphill putts, et cetera, et cetera. But he was able to uh, take the lead, hold off everybody as he did, certainly in his glory days. If he led after three rounds, the tournament was his. And that's the way it went down yesterday. But incredible drama. And I love golf probably more than most people, so I won't bore you to tears with it on the broadcast. But even I have an issue, and I love television, I love making television, I love watching television, TV, sports, I have an issue with that going across the bottom line that, you know, here's the uh, whatever, the something.com open. In first place, Dustin Johnson. In second place, Rory McIlroy. Dot, dot, dot. 36, Tiger Woods. I always thought, well, gee, they don't put 36 any other time. How about make him be in the top 10 before he pops up in the thing? You cannot deny how much Tiger Woods moves the needle. It's the only reason we're talking about golf today. It's the only reason most shows are talking about golf. The unbelievable throng of people that followed him uh, down the 18th fairway as he was about to win yesterday. It was clear he had a two-stroke lead and just needed to not uh, chunk it out of the bunker, a shot that he could basically make in his sleep, and uh, he pulled it off. And then, oh, by the way, Justin Rose, who is the number one overall ranked player in the world, brings home 10 million dollars oh by the way he actually finished a little bit ahead of tiger and was sort of an afterthought but it was an incredible scene and uh now everybody's leaping to conclusions about how many more tournaments he's going to win i for one always i I thought this last time around the the last several months certainly this season let's say he's played well enough to me i was convinced he was going to win another tournament another tour stop he doesn't tend to play the uh, odoreaters.com open. Uh, so when he plays, it's a notable tournament against a notable field. I thought he was capable of doing that, and that's what he did here in winning the tour championship yesterday at Eastlake. It's really the top 30 players on the tour that uh, he held off uh, for the weekends, guys that have made those cuts uh, for three or four weeks in succession to get to that. He won. It's not quite a major, but it uh, is pretty darn close. Can he win a major? Sure he can win a major in as much as those are the types of settings where he's thrived before and those are the types of people he's going to be beating in these other tournaments. Anyway, is he going to win four or five majors? I don't know about that. I don't know if there's enough time left in his uh, career, in his prime. Even he says, hey, my hands are good. I don't know if my swing is, etc. So let's, I don't know if we want to jump to the conclusion of, well, now he's going all the way to 19 wins. He's going to surpass Jack Nicholas. There was a time where he looked to be a lock to do that. He still obviously is four majors shy, 18, 14, but he looks great, fun to watch him play, fun to watch good golf with the best and, and most competitive players going at it, and um, he put on a show for the weekend.
0: Am I allowed to compare what you just said to uh, to Syracuse football? Sure. Uh, you, I'm the, interested like in how you need might to, to try people to People need to, to temper it down a little bit you know uh it's fun to watch it's good football it's better quality football than we've seen in a long time but they're 4-0 they beat teams they you know going in you didn't think Florida State was you know yeah. a, a winnable game ne- necessarily but they won they won against a team they should have won and i'm i'm starting to look at this season as it's kind of turning into a perfect storm for Syracuse the ACC division they're in looks very beatable Everybody but Clemson right now, nobody's jumping to the top, and Syracuse has a senior quarterback, and and there's a lot falling in their favor for this year to turn into something really special at this point.
1: I agree, because I think, other than Clemson, there's no super dominant team that you don't have a chance against. And I think everybody else is in the same mix. I want to back up a little bit. I don't necessarily want to be in the business of I don't want to be in the business of dousing fan enthusiasm, and I also don't. So far, at least this week, I haven't noticed it being out of whack either. You know, this week it's easy to keep it in check because you know what you're going up against. But people are justifiably paying attention and liking what they see. You see a few more people popping around that uh, you know can't be bothered with a two and two or a three and one team, and. Let's see who's hit the next homestand. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and there's time now. If you want to jump on board, there's time to show up at that North Carolina and N C State game. There's time to show that level of support and commitment. Uh, there's time for this thing to go either way. Y- you know, and I, I right now you need two wins the rest of the year to make a bowl. I think mm-hmm. it's that's obviously a pretty safe bet that uh, they will be bowl eligible and, and then some and now you're you're trying to improve that as you go along. This week to me is you know, obviously a challenge that's above the rest. Uh, this one's about going, making a quality showing, and being cleaning up things and being ready to roll uh, for the the three weeks that follow. Um, and we'll see how that that plays out. But I, I don't think um, I think maybe earlier going into you know coming off the Florida State game, I think people may have gotten a little over their skis. I I don't sense that right now. That could be just the exposure I've had uh, so far this week people are certainly welcome to chime in with their thoughts at 4 ESPN 44 that's 315 if they would like to uh, chime in I think that partly what you're getting at Polly, that's what sports fans do Yeah, you know and that's what I guess it's sort of human nature especially in our uh, ADD era and society now the way that uh, people leap, leap to uh, given conclusions and if some is good more is better but uh, for right now I think uh, I think we're in a
0: good place. The, the other thing is, if they lose to Clemson, don't take anything out of it. Like as a fan, don't look at that no. like oh, it's over, that's it. Well, you that's know, that's partly
1: know? what I'm kind of uh, kind of getting at. That this game, you know, and I don't, I don't, pretty much irrespective of any outcome here. Mm-hmm. You know, let's set injuries aside. Obviously, that could be a, a season changing thing. Um, Pretty much any score isn't going to change what my thoughts are about what this team is capable of and the season. I just think you're running into a buzzsaw. It's the most talent talent-laden team in the league. You aren't going to sneak up on them. They have it circled. I don't know what this is worth. Probably nothing. Maybe it's just he's got something else going on. This is the first time ever that Davos Sweeney has respectfully declined an interview request. First time ever. We we ask for him every year. He's always been gracious to do it, uh very good with his time. Not gonna this year. <laughs> now I don't know if that could be read as I mean, he might have a dentist appointment for all I know. Could it be uh read as uh he wants to focus or hey, we're not messing around this year or you know, that kind of thing. That's how I'm choosing to to bring it up right now. It's certainly his prerogative to uh, to do it or not do it, and we're thankful for When the coaches uh, give us their time But uh, this week and this year He has passed And uh, we'll get to Coach Baver's thoughts On uh, Devo Sweeney a bit later in the show Let's quickly run through some of the NFL happenings Yesterday uh, What a day to be a Bills fan And even if they don't win a ton of games This year, what they have Guaranteed is that Josh Allen Is awfully fun to watch It is second and ten Just outside the ten yard line here The Bills spread it out. Two receivers each way. The snap. Allen looks in the end zone. Steps to his left. Going to keep
2: it and run with it at the 5. Headed towards the pylon. Dives over the pylon, and he is in. Touchdown, Buffalo. Josh Allen runs it in from 10 yards out. And the Bills finally
3: take the lead this year.
1: (laughs) That was an awesome run. And, uh, you know, he goes and he dives for the pylon and and scores. And, uh, you know, easy to root for josh allen and the bills and uh i wasn't so certain that he could run quite like that but he can move and was determined that was an eric dungey type play he palmed the ball away from he's got huge hands that's been well documented and he's running with the ball flapping around like a, a loaf of bread and he dives out for the pylon hits the pylon touchdown the bills absolutely worked over the vikings on the road yesterday uh you know That's sports, right? That's why we love it. Bills fans have got to be going crazy. Not that that win portends to anything. I don't think any Bills fans are coming in, hey, gee, look how good we are now. No, they uh, snuck up on a really good team, won on the road. Steve had mentioned the historic note, 17-point dog to win by double digits, and it's pretty much unprecedented in uh, modern NFL history. And Allen looks like he'll be fun to watch for years. He's also going to have serious growing pains. You can hear you know, Tony Romo saying, gee, this is a pretty obvious situation Adjustment prior to the snap that he's missing, and there's a lot of those things that go on. But uh, Alan, fun to watch. He had a big QB sneak too that
0: iced the game there, too, or he jumped over the top. Yeah, where part. have
1: we gone in the era of the the QB sneak? Only yeah, it's like only Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the, well, in the Syracuse game, they were finally got into a couple of uh, you don't need to be super deceptive when you only need half a yard and you've got somebody a tank like Tommy or like uh, Eric dungey Tommy DeVito actually had a short quarterback run. As well, and uh, there's some other ways to do it. Tom Brady, who's maybe the least athletic NFL player on the planet, is uh, a guy that's known to uh, to run for the quarterback sneak. And so uh, Josh Allen, big dude, figure he ought to be able to get some as well. The Giants obviously have struggled, make a change in their sieve of an offensive line, and it pays off. And another guy that's going to be fun to watch for a lot of years is Saquon Barkley.
2: First and 10 at the fifteen. Hand off Barkley. Stutter step move. He darts up the middle to the 10. Barkley to the 5. Barkley's in for the touchdown. What a move by the rookie. And he pours it in from 15 yards out. And the Giants take the lead.
1: Should credit our colleagues here. John Murphy on the Bills call. Bob Papa there on the Giants call. Saquon Barkley. Eli Manning threw a touchdown pass late in the game there. Uh, They looked just a lot better. Played well. And uh, beat a Texans team that has been under performing uh, over the course of the season and then a team we kind of watch uh and consider our own to a degree congratulations to uh, vernon verona sheryl high school product matt patricia he gets his first career coaching win of course it's against his mentor bill belichick as the lions just grounded out uh were very very physical ran the football had huge holes and uh, then matthew stafford did his thing the lions win against new england play action
0: Roll to the right. Wide Stafford open. Sets. Throws for the end zone. It's Jones. He's got a touchdown. Marvin Jones Jr. was indeed wide open. Had a step on Stephon Gilmore and took it in for six. Detroit with a 19 to 10 lead late in the third.
1: Kevin Kugler on Westwood One there, and uh, good for Patricia. Good for Paul Pasqualoni, nearly shutting out uh, the Patriots. As the uh, defensive coordinator, and it had been a little bit of a growing pains to get things started for the Lions, but a big win against the Pats. Now, obviously, the sky is falling again in New England. We've seen how that script has played out in uh, previous years. But uh, for right now, uh, New England looking to uh, rebound, as some of the other teams are still a very young season. Cam Lynch, our friend who's been a regular Tuesday guest, he and the unbeaten Buccaneers take on the Steelers, looking for their first win tonight in Monday Night Football, a game, of course, you can hear Right here. When we come back, we'll get into the uh, Connecticut game. Look ahead to Clemson as well. Get to your phone call. Stephen North Syracuse on the line. We'll get to him when we return. You're in the booth. Brought to you by Marriott Syracuse downtown. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. In the Booth, good to have you with us. You can join us by phone anytime at 315-437-7644. 4 ESPN 44 gets you on the show. It's a number that Stephen North Syracuse knows by heart, and he joins us now. Good afternoon, hey. Steve.
4: Yeah, good afternoon, Matt. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule. You mentioned the three games after Clemson. I would make it to five games after Clemson because you got Pitt, North Carolina, NC State, Wake Forest, and Louisville, who looks bad. Uh, NC State's probably uh, the best, maybe easily the best of those teams, and that's, I think, where we can really uh, accomplish something towards the goal of uh, having a winning season and getting to a bowl game whatever's going to happen at Clemson will, will happen. And the last two games are more formidable, Notre Dame and, and B.C., both away from the Dome. But it may be that uh, things have, have kind of been decided by then uh, as to uh, whether we're going to achieve our goals or whether we should have goals higher than 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 that. Uh, so I think that five-game stretch is it's a tough one. The other thing is uh, uh, what gives me hope is that Uh, Yes, we're four and all against weak opponents, but we seem to be pretty good in both lines, and that's where you really compete with teams uh, uh, in the battle for the line of scrimmage. Now, I look at every preseason magazine, and I see the same four Clemson guys uh, either grimacing or smiling at me. Uh, They seem to they're they're the best defensive line in the country. Uh, Their offensive line doesn't uh, isn't it as, as, as heralded, and they'd had they've had to make some changes there. So they're probably very good, but not on the level of the defensive line. I look at our lines. I think our defensive line is is very good as well, and we might have a chance to sort of make a statement in in this game that we've got a good line. And as far as our offensive line, I've always been fascinated by the quote from Dakota Davis. It's fun to pancake people and break other people's will play after play. And my thinking is Dakota Davis meet Dexter Lawrence, (laughs) if you can do that. So how how would you compare Syracuse's lines to Clemson's lines? Are are we that much, uh, uh, maybe that much closer to them than we have been in in the past? Or or do we still have a long way to go there?
1: Yeah, I think there's probably a ways to go. But I I don't really know, Steve, until you actually – see it play out I, You know, Clemson certainly has the reputation they have the productivity, they have what the NFL scouts are looking for, these guys have been good so far this year literally all four of them are expected to be drafted and I think three of the four maybe in the first round so far this season, just looking at their numbers, Cleveland Farrell already has five sacks in four games Austin Bryant has three Kristen Wilkins has two and Dexter Lawrence is their 350 pound tackle These guys have been dominant, you know, and I think it's obviously the most significant test that uh, Syracuse has seen so far. That being said, I could rattle off pretty decent stats. Alton Robinson just had a three-sack game himself, and as Seth pointed out, he was uh, honored by the ACC for it this week. These guys are beasts. I think when you look at the Syracuse offensive line, the best thing they have going for them is experience and cohesiveness. I don't think any of them are going to get. Well, maybe Kota Martin. I don't, and maybe Cody Conway, I guess. But would they be drafted? You know, how high uh, do they rank? You know, that uh, sort of remains to be seen. And the Syracuse defense, like Kendall Coleman, is probably not a draft player. He's an undersized speed guy that's been very productive at the college level here for Syracuse. But I'm not an NFL scout; I could be way off. Um, so I don't think they're not going to. They're not going to be on magazine covers here. They're not going to be surefire first-round picks like Clemson has at least a a couple of. And I think everybody got giddy about them because here's a team that's competed for national championships the last two years. Won one two years ago, finished second or finished third last year. And they all came back. That's pretty rare in college football. and So that's among the reasons that they have gotten um, this degree of acclaim. This time around, and it's deserved. They're playing at home, uh, which is uh, clearly a benefit. And you know, Syracuse did play Clemson tough last year, but when you talk about uh, going down there, it's an entirely different animal. They got shut out the last time, and uh, Dino Babers knows that for this game to be competitive, Syracuse is going to have very little margin for error.
3: Somebody else's field. It's going to be difficult you know they're an extremely talented team their entire front four is going to get drafted never seen a front four like that before and uh, we played them last year and we're going to have to play them again so uh, they're really really good it's going to take a almost spotless game on our part uh but we're uh we're looking forward to the chance to go down there and play them
1: you know is clemson now do they would they be comparable to Miami and those you know pro laden teams that uh ran over the Big East in the 90s, you know, they they may be. Uh, they don't have as strong a quarterback, I guess, as they've had, just the fact they're kind of flipping between players. Uh, Dino Baber says he expects to see multiple quarterbacks play in this game. I think that's probably a, uh, a wise go. Trevor Lawrence has completed, you know, they're, basically their stats are roughly the same. Lawrence, nine touchdowns, two picks. Kelly Bryant, two touchdowns and one interception. So far, so a couple freshmen there. You know, speaking of line play, it was Chris Slayton last year who made the biggest play of that game, knocking uh, Bryant out to uh, really open the door uh, for Syracuse to continue to hold off Clemson, stay in the lead. Big plays were a big part of it. Uh, Again, that discussion here, Syracuse has to come up with some big plays offensively because. You're not going to chunk yardage and run the – the way they've just dominated Connecticut out the gate, tempo and grinding, they did that to Western Michigan as well early in the game, just run it down there. The chance of doing that at Clemson, in my opinion, is exceptionally slim. You're going to have to hit on big plays and big chunks and and find another way. That means you can't be dropping touchdown passes up the right sideline for the third week in a row, which has happened – the last couple and some of the later game shot plays that uh, really at that point were kind of showing off. Those didn't connect. They weren't showing off. They were um, incorporating younger players and and that type of deal. Those did not um, connect either on uh, on Saturday against Connecticut. And so the margin for error, I think, becomes extremely small. And when you get Baber's thought on – UConn, it's not like like some people are talking about, oh, gee, this Western Michigan win, but you don't feel that great about it. First of all, I thought that was overblown for that game, and I'm not applying that to the Connecticut game either. But I'm saying this is one now where, okay, yeah, 4-0, and but you know you're in for a good season here, and it's his job to not be super giddy after these games, and to understand what needs to be cleaned up for things to be improved, and that certainly applied Saturday. This, this is his very first comment after the game.
3: First of all, I thought we played okay. I didn't think it was a, as clean as a game we played, but it really is a trap game. I mean, it's one of those games where the other team is extremely motivated. Head coaching coaches extremely motivated. We're doing everything we could to make sure we had a good clean week that these guys knew that what they were going to get into, and I think we did a decent enough job because we won the game, but. It's one of those ones where, you know, you got to make sure guys aren't looking ahead and we're happy to come out with the win.
1: He admitted, you know, something that we were kind of playing the poo-poo game about last week, the idea that there's, you know, trap games and players look ahead. And he said, yeah, you know what? This was one where from a coaching standpoint, we felt like, hey, the other team, it's more in it for them than us sort of thing. And that's certainly would have been for Randy Edsel. That would have been a huge win for him. And that's where he was guarding against some of that. Syracuse had better players, played better uh, in the end, didn't have a ton to worry about. UConn was as advertised that they are who they, we thought they were according to Dennis Green quarterback was good. Didn't have a ton else. And, uh, and Syracuse was able to find its way and dominate Sean Riley connected. I think the special teams continues to be lights out for uh, this team and this program. So those are encouraging things. And um, so for right now, it's uh, pretty much all aces for this uh, Syracuse football team with a couple of uh, blights here and there and and things to to pick through. And uh, that's what the coaches spend all week doing, cleaning up things. The the missed opportunities for big plays, to use a a Greg Robinson term, M-O-B-P, missed opportunities for big plays, there have been those. And you can't miss – too many chances if you want to be really good, if you want to pull off a stunner. You know, you go back and talk about beating Virginia Tech, the the first big win under Dino Babers. That was with a halfback pass that wound up being a big deal. Um, So those are the nuances, I think, that they're looking at at dealing with. Discipline, I think, is a thing. Why are there that many false starts at home? I guess it's not discipline as much as attention to detail or focus. And, you, you know, you see you see little areas where that has wavered here and there. It's hard to be on for 240 consecutive minutes of football, and they haven't been quite that through four games. But uh, putting all of that together is really the, the next step. And I'm not super concerned about the Clemson game. I think this is a, a road trip into a very difficult environment. Clemson doesn't lose at home much. Clemson doesn't lose much, period. Uh you go down, you take a shot. There's a difference between we observers and the actual competitors. In that locker room, they're not thinking that way. They're thinking, yeah, heck yeah, we can beat them a second year in a row. Let's go. Let's bring it on. To, to be the best, you got to beat the best, blah, blah, blah. Outside of the locker room, I think for the rest of us, it's you, you, know, you know what's going on with this one in terms of the little bit of a gap still in the uh, talent and overall quality of the team. But what we've seen from the rest of the league <laughs> – Is that anybody else can be had? Notre Dame didn't pull away from Wake until the second half. Louisville got blasted by Virginia. You know, the Virginia Tech thing, I'm not going to go overboard on that. Paul Feinbaum, who, you know, comes on ESPN, obviously everybody associates him with the SEC. I've never disputed the SEC as the top conference anyway. I just want to point that out. But then anytime somebody else loses, oh, gee, you're not. What an embarrassment that is for your conference. I'm not going to go overboard on that. It was not a good weekend for the conference with Virginia Tech and Boston College both losing. But I don't think any one result defines who you are as a conference. At any rate, it does show that there's probably not a ton of quality teams outside of Clemson. And certainly it's not North Carolina and it's not NC State and it's not Pittsburgh. So why not Syracuse? Why can't this be the year that things click? That you get your eight, nine wins in that neighborhood or more and uh, schedule the parade and all those good things. All right, let's take a time out. We'll be back with Do We Care? Get into uh, Coach Baber's thoughts on his counterpart, Dabo Sweeney, before we close out the show today. It's a Monday in the booth on ESPN Radio. Do we care? Interesting. I doubt it. No, wait. The other thing. Tedious. But we will do this segment anyway. Don't care anymore.
0: Here's Joe Salzone. <laughs> they strong when they're probably here on a roll. Best. Must be in the system wrong Go
2: oh, ahead, Joe. I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll fill in for Joe, Joe today. Uh, so former cornerback of the Buffalo Bills, Vontae Davis, seems to have possibly started a bit of a trend. Uh, and it's made its way to the college game. Tennessee linebacker Quarté Sapp went on his team and left the field midway through the third quarter. Head coach Jeremy Pruitt said, quote, He's been a great ambassador for us, but he left the field when we asked him to go in the game and refused to do so. I don't know what happened before, but we're not doing that. I asked him to leave. Tennessee lost this game uh, to Florida 47-21, to so that's why he left.
1: He left because of the score?
2: I mean, it has to do with, you're getting blown out, You're not. you're not too happy either. I guess that was my Yeah, I don't center.
1: know. I can't go uh, chapter and verse in the Tennessee program. First of all, yes, college athletes do emulate the pros. My best slash worst example of that will be on display next month where a lot of colleges, the players are going to be out there in their pink garb, their pink wristbands, their pink shoes, their pink towels. It's not so much for breast cancer awareness, although every little bit obviously helps. It's because the pros do it and they want to look like the pros. and this deal here of pouting on the sideline quitting you know a lot of people college is like the last level that you get to because you're playing football just because you're you're with your buddies it's cool to do and you know obviously the NFL cites that you got to really be able to play yes there's people in the NFL that don't love football but they have to have an extra level of talent athleticism of gifts to uh, make it to that point Uh, this guy here obviously is hearts not in it what gets to me is why Why would you even be on the field at all if it gets to the point you're not going to go in the game? And um in other words, how did he get that far if uh, it came to the point where he refused to, he was dressed and everything, about to go in the game and and refused? You hear about that so rarely. And uh, if I were Jeremy Pruitt, this guy would have his locker cleaned out today.
2: In a bit of irony, his Twitter and Instagram handle is dedicated to work.
1: Yeah, that's... Everybody has Twitter handles like that, or all these college guys do. And Vontae Davis, same thing, right? He went back and they found a million you know, memes and things. Don't sure. quit. That's what people do.
2: Uh, a rumor was out that, or a report was out that Rob Gronkowski was potentially being, about to be traded to the Detroit Lions in the offseason. And he actually confirmed this report after the game, saying that. He was on the verge. They told him that he was about to get traded to the Lions, and he then threatened to retire. And that's what that's what turned the Patriots into keeping him and not doing. Yeah, it came down to,
1: I want to play for the Patriots or nobody else. It wasn't like he was opposed to going to Detroit. Uh, and afterwards, when they asked him to confirm it, he said, yeah, I can confirm that. Tom Brady's my quarterback. And when you've played for only Tom Brady, seems to me be, you can get used to that. And uh, that's the way it is. I, I, I Being at that level and stepping down to just about anybody else, uh, to me, would be a major change. And, and uh, you know, Gronk and Brady, obviously, are a team, and they're going to stay that way.
2: And finally, Le'Veon Bell is has been out now these first three weeks. He's he set out. The Pittsburgh Steelers are listening to trade offers on Le'Veon Bell. Now, I know you're a Patriots fan, Paulie, or I mean a Steelers fan. What are, what are your thoughts on this?
0: I don't think uh, they're going to get anything for him, so I think they should just suck it up and uh, make him sit until he wants to get paid. Because if you trade for him now, what, you get a fifth-round pick, I'm guessing, for him because he's not going to be ready to play. He's got to learn an offense. It's going to be a couple weeks before he gets in, so they're not going to get much for him. So I say sit this one out. How about you, Matt?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess you play hardball. You know, to me, why they weren't able to make it work in the first place I don't know, but yeah, you might as well let them rot, but it damages your team for sure, and I don't know what leverage he has. If the Steelers aren't willing to move him, it's not like any other team can acquire him in any way, so he's kind of screwed. He's going to have to uh, figure it out. Steelers
2: loose tonight, Paul. Are you hitting the panic button?
0: No, I'm not that type of fan. Uh, I'll just watch the rest of the year. If they don't make the playoffs, I've been very spoiled in my life. They've won six Super Bowls since I was born. I'm fine with it. Fair enough. All right.
2: Josh Rosen made his uh, debut yesterday, but he came in with four minutes left and down two against the Chicago Bears defense with Khalil Mack. That is very good. A, a questionable uh, debut entry f- for uh, Josh Rosen.
1: You know, when's the great time to bring him in? You know, I, I know everybody's killing the the Cardinals for that. The Cardinals stink. They got a pretty good quarterback in Sam Bradford, but they got to find a way to... to uh, to make it work with this guy. It doesn't really bother me at all. All right. T- thanks, Tommy. No problem. Back with more as we continue. We'll wrap it up with Dino Babers. Dino on Dabo when we continue In the Booth. This is In the Booth with Matt Park.
3: You know, when I first came here, I'd never met Dabo before, but I I've, I've watched him from afar, so to speak. But when you meet him, he is exactly what you see on TV. I think he's a really cool guy. I think he's the guy I could hang out with. I think that our... A lot of our values, I think, are a little bit the same, and uh, I have fun watching his team when his team is not playing my team.
1: Mutual admiration, Dino Babers and Dabo Sweeney. Dino and Dabo. Dabo famously came into the uh, Syracuse locker room last year after the uh, Orange upset his team, which uh, showed a lot of class, had to take, uh, in his words, guts. Bring your own guts is one of his uh, famous sayings, and I could see why the two would like one another and uh, they've got similar sort of backgrounds and faith and belief and they both love the football and And uh, <laughs> I think we all kind of feel that way about uh, Dabo. It looks like a guy would be fun to play for or hang out with. Be a fun guy to interview. He has been the last couple of years so if you want to reconsider there, Dabo, I doubt he's listening today. But uh, well, next, maybe next year, get back on. Never hold that against uh, a coach. Once they've done it, I do hold it against some of the coaches who never do it. But I'm not going to do it against the uh, coaches that typically say yes. Always cracks me up when they when they don't because you know, Paulie. Especially in basketball, we do it like the day of the game, right before the game. For Roy Williams and Jay Wright and Tom Izzo can all do do interviews with us. So why can't the guy at uh, Joe Blow Tech? But uh,
0: I was going to ask you who's the most surprising coach that said yet? Like you were like going into it. No I'll say the one, first
1: one that comes to mind. The most surprising to say no. I don't want. To, I won't say that. I don't want to throw him under the bus. But as somebody who I, I didn't see it coming. Uh, most surprising to say yes, might be Dabo. You know, might be because I mean he's got a lot of requests and a lot going on, but he does love to talk and 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 do it. Uh, Tom Izzo, Roy Williams, they seek yeah. us out. I, I mean, like
0: that Roy Williams just shoots the the poop with you guys. It's just automatic, yeah. yeah, yeah. Having coach stats doesn't hurt either.
1: No, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I like that expression. Shoots the poop.
0: <laughs> I can't say it. Anymore. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. Show's over. Congrats. Got to look up at that clock there. See you everybody.